My friend Ben Jerome pinged me and said, hey dude, get on this clubhouse thing and check it out. It's great, it's amazing. It's really led to a lot of good connections. And I was like, all right, man, I, I guess I'll jump on there. So I did and we talked a little bit about what it's about and, and what that looks like and started brainstorming. I was like, huh, this is pretty fascinating. Why not try it out? So I decided hop on here and meet people and on the spot, on demand, record a podcast that same day and get it produced immediately and have it up and running within 48 hours on Spotify, on Apple, on Google to share with your friends and family. So that's what this is all about. You are the star. Welcome to the Dr. Ernest Show, starring Dr. Ernest. I'll be your host, Phil Brothers, but today, Doc, you are the star. And let's kick this off with letting everybody know how the heck did we meet? <laughs> how did we meet, Phil? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, we were both uh, just recently in a room where we we're talking about accountability, okay? And we put on the table issues and talked about things that we're going to do over the next, between now and next week. And, you know, there was a lot of commonality. And what was so beautiful about that room, room is people connected with each other. And so Phil and I connected. This is how we met. Yes, so sir. our relationship now is 40 minutes. No, it's a little bit longer than 40 minutes, but it's there and it's for real. I appreciate you, Phil. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so... I checked out your profile and you just seemed like a fascinating individual with a purpose. Uh, you're, you're talking about things that come from your heart that I, it's absolutely genuine. And those are the people that I want to hang out with, that I want to talk to, that I want to highlight. Um, welcome to the room, Leonardo and Julian. Uh, what we're doing is we're recording a podcast here with Dr. Ernest and uh, just talking about the things that he's all about. So I want to start with uh, your top three fans. And if you can tell us a little bit about them, shout out to uh, Arthur Johnson Jr., Marcus Johnson Jr., and Michael Johnson Jr. Listen, they, these, these are my nephews, and they, these are grown men now. But they, for the last oh, two months, uh, we've been on the, the, the phone. We've been online, on Zooming it. Uh, learning about me providing all the insights I have about doing business online, creating online courses and that kind of a thing. So these are three young brothers that I am mentoring now. And so that's a shout out to them uh, as they're developing their um, knack to be world-class entrepreneurs. Awesome. And I, I'd say that uh, we all need a mentor. We all need people around us that love us. Um, you know, I'll speak for, for myself, you know, if it wasn't for my wife's love, I would not have the energy and the go get them. And so, um, I appreciate, I'm sure that your nephews appreciate that, that relationship I would imagine. Right. Oh, absolutely. So in, in that, the, the mentorship comes in many ways, shapes and forms. And, uh, many times it comes from the people that inspire us, uh, or that we appreciate. And so for you, uh, Reverend CT Vivian is one of those people. And, uh, I don't know, I've never heard of uh, this wonderful individual, but if you could uh, break that down, who that is and how that touches you. Oh, wow. You know, as I said, you know, you know a lot of people don't know him uh, because he was that humble person who was always sitting in the car with Dr. Martin Luther King. And his role 
focus role was grassroots. When, for example, when Obama won first time around Iowa, who got the call? The first person that Obama called was Reverend C.T. Vivian. Wow. You know, he's a real grassroots civil rights icon. Um, he was awarded the uh, President's Medal of, of Freedom, uh, along with a number of other things. In our nation here in America, he's responsible for something that's called the Upward Bound Program in our colleges. Okay. He put the money on the table for that kind of kind of initiative in Alabama, and then it's something that happened all over the night, all over the nation. Nice. Yes. Yeah, that is that is commendable. So I can see why you uh, respect him. Um, so you know, in that, you've had time in your in your life from what we talked about to to reflect. And you, you looked at your habits and what you were doing daily. And ultimately, it sounds like you really want to connect to your mission. And when you realized that your job was getting in the way of your mission, that was kind of an aha moment for you. Can you please uh, speak to that? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, you know, nearly three years ago where, I mean, it was waking up that thought that my job was interfering with my mission, you know, and with, with, with my demonstration. And... Um, you know, there's that that need that was just 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 you know that funny feeling that you have about touching more people in a much more impactful way, but also recognizing in our nation, in our schools, in our society, all the mess that's been going on with with black kids, particularly black boys. Okay, and uh, and then me having a career where a lot of energy and a lot of effort was was put into working with educators and working with parents to do this, but in a limited way through schools only, through community organizations only, not as a society as a whole. So for me, you know, you know, how, you know, the, the, the issue is that I kept putting on the table with myself is the question, you know, what can I do? What can I do more? How can I be more influential? And, and it got to the point where, if I don't do what I've got in my heart and head, then I am doing a disservice to humanity. And so this is where I go, it's done. I need to walk away from this great job, <laughs> you know, and all these other things to yeah. just walk my talk and do my thing and help. That, yeah, that's fabulous. And so um, I've heard it talked about as far as money versus time or money versus impact. And it's it's hard to make that decision many times when you're like, man, this is feeling good, I'm flowing, you know, I'm, maybe sometimes it's cushy, depends on everybody's journey. But ultimately, when we get to the end of our life, how often do we say, I wish I would have I made more money? You know, it, it's not the common thing. We, we, we look at the impacts. Does that sound right to you? Oh, you got it, man. You got it, bro. You got it, brother. Phil. Awesome. It's, it's, it's all about the impact. It's all about saving some lives and also about you know, uh, breaking some cycles of problems that we have in our society. You know, we got a lot of them out here. Yeah. And all of us, all of us has got to, we, we got to get beyond the money thing. Don't get me wrong. Money is important. Sure. The more, more money we have, the more we can do good for society. Now you talked about uh, the problems and I heard you even use the terminology, the mess with these black children. And I, if you'd be willing to, I'd love to hear some more specifics of, I think that sometimes there's assumptions. Oh yeah, we all get it, but I don't believe that we all get it. I think that uh, with your insight on some specifics of what you stand out um, of some of that mess or some of the things that we, you'd be able to correct. What does that look like? Oh, wow. You know, and it's so easy for people, for many people to go, Oh, 
there's a, a lot of racism in our world and there's issues and that the real issue is not there. The real issue is between the, the left ear and the right ear. And it's, the real issue is what's been happening in the brain of all of us. You know, all of us have been conditioned to be prisoners of our own intellect, about being a prisoner about what we see, what we believe. And, and I use the term J-Bobs. You know, we're, we've been imprisoned by our judgments that we have about issues. We've been imprisoned by our beliefs that we have, our opinions that we have, by our perceptions and our prejudice. And I'm not talking about necessarily, you know, racial prejudice, prejudice because out of my, my garden in the backyard, I don't like Brussels sprouts. sprouts. Uh-huh. I actually have a prejudice against them, if yeah. you know what I mean. And Disgusting. I remember the day when my wife said, well, honey, you know, maybe if you grow them, you'll, you'll fall, fall in love with them. I grew them and I, it didn't change. <laughs> I tried, babe. I tried. <laughs> you know, she tried. She, she tried. Bottom yeah. line, I'm saying is that we, we've many of us, black, white, everybody, has been imprisoned by our J box, and and that's really the mess. The mess is how do we actually, and when do we, as a society, really work with youngsters, and who is working with our youngsters, you know, to really get them to liberate their judgments. To let go of that stuff, to, to, to let, let go of their beliefs and put all of that mess in is what I'm talking about. Put it all in one bag somehow and replace all that mess with stuff that says I'm brilliant, I'm smart. There is nothing I can't do once I get my mind straight about what it is that I want to focus on and how I want to do it and who I want to do it with and how I want to serve community. That's the stuff. That's tough. That's my mission. That's fabulous. And is there something that stands out? So again, I'm asking about you know some of the specifics with the mess, but what about the specifics of of correcting that mess? Something very um, you know practical or actionable of you saying, look, you know, parents, the number one thing that you guys need to start doing with your children is is this thing to really make an impact. What is that? It's it's the it's the secret. Read. Reading is the way. Reading is the gateway skill to everything. It's the, it's read. Read about people who have done it. Read about events that um, seem like nobody could get beyond it, but it happened. Read not just about Black history, but read all history. Reading is the way. If there's something that you have in your heart, you know, it's it's when with my work with 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 kids. I'm always looking for something um, to, to, I can get them hooking, hooked on to reading. And so that goal setting uh, uh, process that I did, the one that I learned from Mark Victor Hansen, where you list out 101 things you want to do with your life, long story short, you find then the top things in the different categories, fun things, money things, relationship things, your career things. When you find those number ones, and when you start talking about it, when you're, if you're working with me, when I'm working with, with young people, I'm looking for a string. I'm looking for a seed because then I will say, you know, that goal that you have, that top thing, there's a book about it. Nice. <laughs> you know, there's something to read about it, to, to discover. You know, and sometimes you got to, you know, you got to stretch the truth a little bit. Yeah. But Maybe- when a kid comes to you to say, you know, 
I read that book about chess, man. I never knew there was a book about how to think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. And so many times, unfortunately, the way that the education system is set up, it, it disillusions children. It disconnects them. It doesn't tap into them as individuals. It's a society of saying, hey, you know, if you want to, quote unquote, get a good job or, you know, you want to fit in, do these things. And the vast majority seem to be disconnected, bored. And that seems like when boredom kicks in, that's when children get in trouble. That's when they get distracted. And when you can connect them to a passion, it sounds like they can really connect to that, focus in, and, and not have that. Can you speak to that some? Oh, absolutely. When when adult, even me, when I went through this thing myself, finding those those number one things in, in these different categories, okay? Hmm. You know, I didn't have writing as one of my goals. It was something that emerged. It was part of part of the thread that ran through my, my things at the top. You know, so, so, you know, when you find those things, wow, it's nice to have a coach to say, okay, let me show you how you discover your compassion, your compelling reasons for, for doing what you want to do with your life. And you get so involved with that, that trouble don't find you, you know, getting in trouble is not part of what you do because you're so busy focusing on. Uh, turning your compassion, you know, the passion, turning your, your dreams and goals and finding all those compelling reasons and thoughts for going forward. So, we, we, you know, this is what we do. And this is what I've done, you know, personally myself. And that's part of my life script. And that's part of the, the, the script that I've given hundreds, I would say even thousands now of, of young people in, in the state that I've been working here for the last 15, 16 years. So it's, you know, that's, that's, that's where I'm going. And there was another part of that question. Give me that other part of that question, Phil. Just the, uh, the contrast to um, being connected and excited about something versus being bored, disconnected, disillusioned, which then trouble seems to find us. And I'd like to welcome Diana to the room. Diana, we're recording a, a podcast here with Dr. Ernest, and he's uh, addressing things uh, about uh, inspiring youth here. You know, you know, Phil, I don't want to speak negative, uh, te- negative about teachers because I love them, okay? But the system isn't organized to actually help a child learn how to think. Doing a problem, a math problem, is doing a math problem. You know, responding to a question is responding to a question. There's a fundamental skill that we forgot. How do you teach a person how to think about their own thinking? And that piece is just missing. And this is what gets us a lot in, in trouble. You know, teachers in trouble with themselves, teachers with trouble with students, students with tr- trouble with everybody. You got to learn how, how to be a critical thinker out here. How to be a critical thinker. And so I would imagine that that concept connects to uh, the next subject, which is uh, the book that you most commonly recommend, which is Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, what does, uh, comes to mind when we're talking about thought processes and how to think that connects to that book in your mind? You know, you know that book was done so long ago, but what grew from that book is all the other motivational books that are out here. Okay, got it? Including Tony Robbins' work. I mean, it's fundamental, that thinking, you know, that you got to think, make decisions. You got to begin with the, the end in mind. 
You know, you've got to daily, every day, sharpen your saw. Sounds like Stephen Covey's work, right? Yes, sir. Well, those are the kind of things that, you know, Napoleon was saying, you know, to this world, you know, persist, persist. And I love the story that he, he tells about, you know, wanting to get a job. He was a youngster and he applied for the job and they said no. And, um, and so he thought, well, I'm going to apply for it again. They said no. And he said to himself, they just don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and so he said he was going to actually then apply twice a week for that job. No, no, no. Twice a week. He says, hold on. They just don't get it. I'm going to apply for this job every day. Whoa. I'm going to send a certified letter. And at the end of the week, if I don't get the job, then on Monday, I'm going to send them a letter every hour. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Persistence. Persistence. Oh. If there's something you want to do, why not be persistent? Why not go for it? And that's the kind of mindset. That's the kind of kind of beliefs that you got to have inside of yourself about whatever it is that you want to do. You got to just go on and just persist. Don't worry about the, you know, the feedback you get. It's like baseball. We pay professional baseball players millions of dollars for striking out most of the time. Good point. You know? They don't hit a ball every time they stand up at the plate. Most of the time, they make a, a mistake. And the mistake is they don't hit the ball. Right. So, and, and then that that's that's them. how you measure the success, right? Because ultimately, it's, yeah, I made great contact, didn't get on base, but I made great contact. The more we make great contact, even though it's not results-based like we're looking for, eventually that activity seems like it will add up to that. It just what level of persistence are we willing to go through to get there? Does that sound right? Yes. Yes. You got it. You got it right on. So did he get the job then? Yeah, he got the job. He got the job. And then did he, He did he keep the job or did that lead to something else down the road? Or was that the irrelevant job? That job as a kid opened up him to actually write, to write and to interview wealthy people, to extract the wisdom from their thinking. Yes. He got the job. Well done. And he went on, you know, and became the, the, the glue for, you know, the thinking for a whole lot of us out here. Beautiful. I love it. So speaking of stories, that was an excellent story, but we would like to hear the sunshine TV story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate to say it folks. I'm a criminal. <laughs> oh shoot. Dr. Ernest, get down. Oh, well, doc, Dr. Ernest got in trouble. Uh, at the church on Sunday, okay? Okay. And what we were doing, what I was doing with my buddies as I was a kid, um, you know, my nephews weren't, weren't, you know, they, they were, they were babies, babies. Well, no, some, most of them weren't even born. Oh, right. But at this particular point, as a, as a young teenager, I was watching after church in my, my, my Sunday go to church clothes, watching at, uh, through the window of the, the, sunshine tv store and only thing we were doing was watching a game okay and one of my buddies said i wonder what's in the back of the store so we went to the back of the store and let me give you the, the very fast here the temperament of, of my buddies okay won't use i won't use last names but but um george had the temperament of Bar- barney fipes you know from you know kind of <laughs> nervous he was going there's got to be a, do- a dog, a guard dog out here someplace, right. someplace. And I'm going, yes, yes, there's probably something. And then there was Harold who was saying, there's nothing out here. And then there's another uh, person who's, who's um, Herman, who's more like wants to hang out with Harold. And 
we're talking about a little tree by the dumpster when Harold says, the back door is open. I'll shoot. And of course, George says, aha, see, this is the trick. This is how they get that guard dog to bite you and kill you and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so we went into the back of the store at Harold's insistence. And, uh, and George said he heard the dog and we left and went home. Well, on Monday morning, what the headline was, this is the most peculiar robbery in the city ever. With the only thing uh, missing was a little radio and four batteries. Well, we didn't read this in the newspaper. We went to school, you know, and and that kind of thing. Midday, midday, I get a call, you know, I get called up by the principal and someone's there from the office who says, you have to go go to the office. And I said, I haven't done anything bad today. I've been a good student. She says, yeah, 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 but something happened. And I go, what did it happen? She didn't say. So I'm sitting there waiting to discover what happens. And then I, a door opens and then I see my friend, George. Oh. And then I see a police officer and then I'm summoning. And the police officer says, were you there? And I said, where? He says, yesterday. And we went, yes. And he says, but y'all, long story short, he says, that boy, Harold, broke into the store early in the morning. Oh. And you ready for this? I'm ready. He says, he says, you, we, there's nothing going to be done about this, except you got, you know, you know your parents are going to talk to you and that kind of stuff. And I'm going to talk to you some more. But the police guy said, but you got to be leery of Harold because Harold had a record. And then I said to George, when did Harold record a record? <laughs> nice. <laughs> yes. So Harold recorded the record is what you were hearing as opposed to having a criminal record. You got it, brother. Gotcha. Yeah, you know, good kid. But in a small town, you know, in a small town, you know, if if this was a big city today, boy, you know, all hell could have broken out for me and my wife or me having a record. But in a small town when people know everybody, you know, and I didn't know this particular policeman, but he knew my neighbor, my Hmm. neighbor was a deputy sheriff. You know, I grew up next to a deputy sheriff. So, hey, you know, if something happened with Ernest, he did something involved, he's a good kid, hey, listen, you know, whatever happened, let's talk it through and figure it out and go on. Well, well correct. So was that all uh, that discussion at the school or at the police station or what? Uh, yeah, that was at the police station. And so they booked, they booked you yeah. as a, an accomplice or, or what? Not, not, not booking. Not booking because we were, we were teenagers. Yeah. But we had to go to not not to a police station. I don't know what kind of station this was. This was this was actually not even a, a station. This was someplace a room at the city hall where there was a, a conference room in a sense. In a sense, you know where where we were all there. You know, with the officer and then with um, I guess I guess they would call them now a juvenile officer, juvenile you know counselor or something like that. Gotcha. Okay. And then were you like scared crapless or what? I was still, yes, but <laughs> I was still, you know, startled by this thing. It, it took a while before record settled in that Harold had done these kind of things in the past. Right. That we didn't know about, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah. So afraid, but, but not realizing that I just, you know, bad judgment this time going with him, but, you know, let me go forward with you. This is a kid that continued, I think, 
to do a lot of bad things. Uh-huh. But the the three of us, his the other friends involved, we didn't abandon him because we kind of figured out if we would have done, he'd have probably done more awful stuff. Sounds likely to me. Well, I appreciate yeah. you sharing that story, and I'd love to hear one last story from you, which is a a good old pet story. What you got for us there? <laughs> the pet, the pet story. Yes, uh, well, you know, the girls had a cat back in the day, and they said, "Well, it's it's a boy cat." And I said, "You know, I don't think this is a boy cat. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think this is a girl cat. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no!" And so my oldest daughter, Joy, who's more of a scientific-minded one, says, it's definitely a boy cat. (laughs) And I said, okay, all right. So if it's a boy cat. So boy cat got pregnant, if you know what I mean. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That seems improbable for a boy. (laughs) And this really, this was, it was so funny. I don't know how that could have happened. Maybe there's something, maybe the cat had a sex change. I don't know. (laughs) Advanced technology in the wild. Something must have happened because I am absolutely, with her little 12-year-old self, went, I know for certain. (laughs) So this this went on for a little bit, but we got the on it, and we got the biology straight. Figured it out. with With the girl. Yeah, you got it. Well, well done figuring that out. Well, uh, it seems like another specialty you have is is figuring out things in the kitchen with the uh, many, many <laughs> colors, which is a big deal to you. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Oh, cooking, man, I'm telling you. I moved from Florida to Michigan. to I was going to be there for to, in Ann Arbor for one year uh, doing this internship at the medical center. And um, there was a group of buddies I met, and they said, hey, listen. You know, we're busy, so let's let's have some meals together and let's cook cook some meals together. And and so we started doing that kind of a thing. And so we started playing around with color schemes. This is way before, you know, organics and all that. This is back in the day. Yep. Um, and so we started, we got pretty good. And so as I left that setting and, well, actually, as the internship turned into my first job, because I never thought. I was going to have a job at a major medical center and, uh, you know, being an ins- a young assistant professor of, of medicine, mm-hmm. you know, as a PhD doctor, but anyway, so that's a different kind of story. Right. Um, but then I had my job and then I started, you know, thinking about, I, I don't like junk food. I don't like going to the, you know, the fast food places I got to eat. Yeah. And um, there's something early on I read about mixing colors on your plate making certain everything is is covered and it's something that i just i don't even think about it now it just happens spontaneously okay yeah and um and there's a different kind of fusion of of taste that happen when this when this goes on okay i've had my mistake it's not perfect but it's a lot of fun doing it and um and i've got a whole lot of people who who had dinners and meals with with us with myself and others and that things that I've, I've had them uh, eat, and I've had no complaints. So I love doing it. And it looks so beautiful when you're done, right, with all those colors. It's just one of my favorite things. You got it, man. It's, and it's also savory. It's just so, you know, things come together in a different way. It's like, like when you put something in a blender. You know, when you put things in a blender and they blend together, you know, they, there's, you can't decipher the individual flavor of anything there's something new that you develop and that also help, help, uh, happens when you're also cooking things together together 
That's cool. Like, well, yeah. when you, you talk about the blender, and I just get a picture in my mind of, you know, humanity as a general rule, right? And so we all are obviously individuals, just like these ingredients you're speaking of. But when we come together, we can make something so much more delicious, so much more powerful and impactful and long lasting. And uh, hopefully that uh, we're, we're achieving a little bit of that today. I sure feel like it. And I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I've got one last question for you, if you don't mind. Sure, go, go for it. Uh, all right. So Dr. Ernest, if you had the ability to put a message out there on everybody's cell phone as their background for a week, a billion people, what is the most impactful message that you believe would be worth putting out there? Stop using plastic. Okay. Yeah. You know, we've got, we've got, we've got enough microplastics floating through every water system that we have. You know, we got microplastics in my garden in the backyard. You know, I, I mean, I'm pretty certain that there's really micro microplastics that are actually going into all of our plants and everything that we, we grow, no matter where we grow it at. So abandoned plastics, we got to do it. We got to save this world, this small little place called earth. It's, it's among millions and millions of other rocks floating around in space. This is it. We got it. We got it. We got to do more to protect her. And that you just definitely threw me for a loop on that answer, but uh, I get the impact for sure. It's a it's a tough order to to, to call, but again, um, things that are worthwhile are, are usually very difficult anyway. So um, yes. that's just the way it is. So I, I appreciate you coming on, and I look forward to talking to you uh, in the future. Um, yeah, it's it's been an honor. So any final closing remarks? How how can people find you if they want to connect with you? What's that look like? Uh, you know, just look for Dr. Ernest. Dr. Ernest. And your last name, Ernest? Johnson. Dr. Ernest Johnson. Go find him out. He's got stuff going. It's a pleasure. I wish you a fantastic weekend, doctor. Hey, Phil, it was great talking to you. I'm, I'm glad our connections uh, came together. I Peace agree. To you, girl. Yes, sir. Peace okay. to you. Peace to you.